of Millennial Money Mindset. We're here with Neil Doe, who's going to talk you through some guidance on how you can be a better investor. Of course, in previous episodes, we've explained what is investing, why you should invest, the five tips for beginners, and five mistakes investors often make. But today, we're sticking with the theme of five, because we have five books that impacted Neil's knowledge of investing. Neil, what is the first book you wanted to talk us through today? It's it's Rich Dad Poor Dad, which almost seems like a cliche, but it's um, it's it's top of my list because what's had the most impact on my life. So yeah, as from an investment point of view. So yeah, Rich Dad Poor Dad was one of the first, probably one of the first non-fiction books I ever read. I actually kind of consumed it in an afternoon. I was like, wow, this, and it kind of blew my blew me away. Kind of, um, it's more of a money mindset. It's, it's almost 20 years ago. I had a look. It was um, originally written in uh, 1997. So a lot has changed. So it's, it's, it has dated quite a lot. But in a sense, the essence of the book is still quite similar. So if you were to summarise this book in a sentence, what is it about? So it's an asset goes. It's something that puts money into your pocket, and a liability is something that goes out of your uh, pocket. So, so then, how does he tell that in the book? Because obviously, so he, yeah. So he does it quite in a quite clever way. So he, the, one of the best. Um, what, the reason why it makes it so readable is he uses an example of or he has a one rich dad and one poor dad, and it kind of gives you a, a kind of kind of pictures it in your mind. There's one person, a kind of a, a person who's very good with his money, and there's someone else who has kind of poor money mindset, and it's, he's kind of. So then, in terms of this particular book, how did it impact your investment strategy, or generally your life? Yeah, it's really just for my my own kind of personal money mindset. So it, the good thing about this is it's really just kind of becoming self-reliant on money yourself and getting money working for you and actually understanding how having businesses and compound interest working for you, not essentially working, using, working, swapping your time for money essentially. It's about having assets, building, building assets and having them work for you over the long term. That's, so basically don't need you to be there to work hmm. and that's really, yeah, for the long term future. So then if you were to quickly just say to our viewers why they should read this book. What one reason would you give them? Yeah, it's getting your money mindset. Um, get improving your money mindset. Simple as that. So our second book is um, Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow. So this is when you, when we asked what uh, kind of books impacted me, I kind of picked up a load from my bookshelf. So this is quite a, quite a depth in depth book. So not necessarily for beginners, but this is coming back to kind of mindset and how um, yeah. Essentially, talking, starting to talk about the brain, how it didn't pass the brain works, and it's kind of two systems, like a fast system and a slow system. And he talks kind of um, about loss aversion, so how we as humans are emotional kind of creatures, and we kind of we've evolved to run a, run away from things that are going to scare us, and kind of um, we have much more of an emotional kind of um, kind of feeling that uh, if something bad's going to happen, to kind of fight or flight than to encourage us to kind of go towards something that we enjoy. So. Yeah, this was kind of one of the first books that kind of talks about um, yeah, moving away from things that are going to going to scare us. Like we're going to run away from like the big scary bear in the um, in in the, in the woods rather than kind of towards something good. So really, it's yeah, it's, it's coming back to. So what was the one lesson from the book that really impacted you? 
Yeah, it's really um, yeah getting that money mindset. I've kind of gone for the theme of kind of having your, your money money mindset. It's not really an investing book as such. It's more a psychological book. You guy won a Nobel Prize. It's it is pretty in depth, but um, yeah, it's it's coming more towards kind of behavioural economics and how these things are actually more even more important than kind of um, actually what's in it. It's how we as humans. Um, behave about our investments. So would you say that this book can help you get rid of that fear of loss or that loss aversion? It's more understanding yourself, so knowing yourself and knowing these things affecting us as humans can kind of knowing how to affect the market. So it gives you more ownership of your decisions rather than be led by emotion. Exactly, and I kind of go on about um, automating your finances as well to make it as simple as possible. So you need to make those decisions because if the market comes down, for instance, then there's a kind of instinctive um, reaction that's kind of fight or flight. But mm. if you're automating, essentially drip feeding your money in and then drip feeding your money out when you get to that stage, it, it kind of reduces the um, the kind of the human impact that you might kind of. So our book number three is. So this is eighty twenty principle, and this again isn't really an investing book as such. It's more um, talking about how the eighty twenty principle, which is they call it the Pareto principle or the the, uh, the law of path of least resistance, is basically this Italian economist in the seventeenth century. He basically discovered that um, that eighty percent of the people, uh, sorry, twenty percent of the peapods were creating eighty percent of the peas, and how this actually he then measured this onto kind of the wealth. Uh, spread around Italy and it's it was kind of like my mind was blown by this kind of principle that everything in life is basically works around this principle so you can apply it to your investments as much as you can provide it to your your time your productivity so if you focus on the 20 most important things it's going to create 80% of the the benefits or the effects of um, so what would you say was the main lesson that impacted your life or investment strategy yeah, coming back, to, we talked, um, and we're going to talk a bit more about diversification. But having that eighty-twenty principle working around your diverse your portfolio, you can have. Um, you don't need to. It doesn't need to be all or nothing with investment. You don't have to put everything in. Mm. Um, you can actually split between. Actually, you can have eighty percent of your uh, money in kind of safer, su- su- supposedly safer assets, and then you can have twenty percent in more kind of riskier assets. That, um, and that can actually have a really Great, greater effects on your portfolio than just having all your money in kind of um, one kind of asset class. And then we have two books left. So what's the next one you want to talk about? So we went to Jim Slater. I mean, this guy is the most underrated investor uh, of all time. I think he's up there with kind of um, Warren Buffett and the kind of Peter Lynch's. He talks about becoming an expert in your field. So he talks about what he calls the Zulu principle, where it's essentially him and his wife went on holiday to um, this. Uh, Zulu uh, village and basically he became by reading a few books in the library um, about kind of this tribe and then going on a few talks and then actually going on holiday when he came back to England he, he probably knew more about this topic than most people in the street so and he kind of used this to invest in where he was saying like, actually if you kind of niche find a little niche that you're really good at um, again it's about kind of diversifying and not putting all your eggs in one basket but uh, say, say becoming an expert in this field and then you can um, actually use this to an investment advantage. He talks about two things. He um, talks about, so elephants are big, big companies in the FTSE 100. These are kind of huge, uh, kind of big company and they call them elephants. Elephants don't gallop, like they move very slow, like to grow 
again as quick as they did before would take um, quite a lot of kind of effort. Whereas he talks about fleas, and fleas are very small, and because they're so small, they can jump and they can move very quickly. So small kind of startup companies can kind of grow in size really quickly, and kind of knowing coming to. So is is, is this point about just the knowledge of having either, or is it being averse to the fleas, or is he just saying make sure you know which type you're investing in? Yeah, I guess it's coming back to knowledge and knowing what you're investing in, and it's having that diverse portfolio. So a younger person might be have more kind of so-called fleas are kind of small companies that mm. are in their portfolio because um, they, they have that time to kind of ride out the, the market whereas an older person might um, have kind of more defensive assets um, and less kind of start because most startups are quite um, higher, higher risk than the kind of more established companies but mm. by having these kind of smaller companies in your portfolio you're going to get much more growth because the so is it similar to the 80-20 where those smaller companies are at 20 in your 80s yeah yeah elephants basically. exactly yeah so it's more you can because technology is so amazing these days you can almost create your own portfolio by using technology the things you can do kind of now then that what you couldn't do kind of 10 20 years ago you can actually kind of build your portfolio around your risk portfolio how kind of risky you want to take or your age portfolio and it's it's yeah it's quite exciting what you can actually do with your investments these days. So then if you were to give people one reason to read this book, what would it be very shortly? Yeah, giving kind of, um, uh, yeah, kind of an overview on kind of the difference between kind of growing companies and kind of more established companies and kind of knowing the difference between the two. So then our final book is... Yeah, this is kind of where I geeked out of it. So I, I, I was a trader, for, I traded natural gas uh, for seven years, so buying and selling kind of uh, speculative uh, uh, gas. And this is, more for uh, learning between the difference between kind of technical analysis, which is kind of like looking at uh, charts. I'm quite a visual person, so I really like looking at kind of charts and how they kind of go up and down, and kind of um, kind of looking spotting patterns. And so this guy um, says there's seven kind of charts that you need kind of that help. Once you know these kind of seven charts, a lot of them are very similar. So things like support and resistance, or knowing, uh, so that's like support um, and kind of the, kind of the bands that these kind of uh, they areas trade in, um, and also kind of looking at trends as well. So looking at um, so it was a be let, let the trend be your friend, um, and then kind of. Would you say that is that a quote from the? No, I'm just kind of making <laughs> these kind of stuff as I go along. <laughs> as I go along, but um, um, yeah, I guess the, the key takeaway for this is um, uh, yeah, no, with investments, I think the most important is understanding kind of why you're investing and that kind of that ties in well with kind of the life plans and knowing why and then knowing what what you're investing in and that's kind of that kind of works and then a different question for this one who would you advise this for because it seems like it's very technical yeah it's not for a beginner really no it's kind of knowing how kind of knowing when to invest like looking at kind of different chart patterns and, and really it's just getting an understanding of um the way the markets flow and how um um, yeah, and just looking at different kind of patterns. It, I guess it, using the seed analogy, if you know when to plant that seed, it might it might grow quicker than if you um, kind of plant in the winter when you, you know you should be planting in the Yeah, exactly. So we've given you five books to read. Of course, the first one, or the last one we're talking about, was seven chart patterns that consistently make money. Then, of course, we've got think fast and slow. Then we've got Rich Dad, Guide to Investing, and we've got the 80-20 principle, and finally, 
the Zulu Principle. So we've talked about these five books. Make sure you grab a copy of them if you're interested. But we're also going to talk about Neil's book. So the chapter we're talking about today is why you should diversify your portfolio. Neil? Yeah, so Tell it's them financial more. football formation, asset allocation. So it's really building your... Uh, your, your portfolio or investing portfolio around a football team so like any football team uh, you have a defence, a midfield, an attack and each each um, like player represents a different asset for um, for the team so in, the, in investing you're either scoring goals so money's going into your pocket or you're conceding goals, money's going out of your pocket so having um, kind of a, a diverse portfolio kind of benefiting, benefiting from um, different strengths and weaknesses so if you think of the classic kind of central defender, usually they're kind of quite a big lump, quite mm. strong, quite, maybe quite slow, but um, but, they're, but they're, they're quite different from kind of a striker, which might be quite quite quick and quite kind of nimble on their feet. So it's really having a benefit of um, the strengths and weakness of each asset class can really kind of work together as a team um, and it basically creates synergy that's better than, so these synergies are kind of, the, the team is better than the individual parts. So it kind of creates kind of, um, as a team, as a portfolio. So then in terms of like from a football perspective, you've got strikers, i.e. you've got assets that are going to score your goals, but also they're defensively weak, so you yeah. might lose a bit of money or exactly. you might um, have a loss. Then you've got defenders, which might not make you lots of goals, but yeah. they're quite stable, yeah. so you're not going to lose too much. Exactly. But again, in the book itself, Neil goes into way more detail. I've asked him to really condense that down, so make sure you grab a copy of the book. What's the name of the book? So those who don't remember... So financial for, uh, football formation, asset allocation. So it's a five-step method for getting money mindset. As you just heard, football's already in the title and we're talking about investing. So if you want to put some of that football knowledge into investment, then that is the book you need to be reading. So thank you once again for watching. Remember, you can follow <coughs> Neil on social media. You can follow us as well. Thanks for supporting the channel. And we'll see you again for another episode. Thank you. Thank you so much. So that book we talk about there is my second book. So it's called Football Formation Asset Allocation, The Simple Five-Step Method to Money Mindset. The book that I've just sent to my publishers, my first book, is Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. And this is going to be out on audiobook shortly too. If you want to check out my book, the first book is called Three Sequels of Money. It's actually the what I put on Amazon originally after I got nominated for the Bracken Bauer Prize. So you can get that for 93p on Amazon. So just just put in Millennial Money Mindset and you'll find that book for 93p. Thank you so much for joining us. My name's Neil Doig. I'm the CEO and founder of Money Tips. Thanks again. And please subscribe or like or tell one person. Tell one person one of the strategies or tell per one um, someone that... Um, to listen to the show. Thanks again. Cheers. Money. Mindset. I think that sounds alright.